It's time for the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And what a joy to be back with you today. This is David Carnes, and always looking forward to this time. And let me welcome you. And also, let me say that the listenership, it's growing for the podcast. It's great news. We know that, for example, we have people listening throughout the U.S. in states like Alabama, Virginia, Texas, and Arizona. Welcome to the podcast. But then also, we have faithful listeners in the United Kingdom, in the Philippines, and also Bangladesh. And let me say, welcome to the podcast. So I'm just honored to have you here with me, so privileged to share the Word of God with you. But now, as we come back to the podcast today, we are in the opening part of John's Gospel. And it is in this part of this book, the prologue, the first 18 verses, that John stresses the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is God. And remember, but that's the theme of this gospel, Jesus is God. And as we have just opened this gospel up, we have found that John really wastes no time in proving the deity of Jesus. And today, he brings out one more proof, one more proof that Jesus is God. And the next proof that John brings to our attention is Jesus is the maker of everything. Jesus made everything, which means nothing made Jesus. And this is what we see here. But again, just a remarkable piece of scripture. Looking forward to taking you to it. And again, we are going to find ourselves today, John chapter 1. And today, specifically, we're looking at verses 3, 4, and 5 as we spend time in God's Word. Point number three in all this, the proof that Jesus is God is that Jesus is self-existent. Jesus is self-existent. He is not one that has been made. Where do we see this? We see this verses three, four, and five. This is where we see this. Starting with verse number three, look at your Bibles. Let me read this. Verse number three says, all things were made through him. This is speaking of Jesus. And without him was not anything made that was made. You see that? Now, let's do this. As we begin to look at this, let's look at the first part of the verse, verse number three. Let's focus on that. Verse number three, again, look at the very first part. All things were made through him. Now, we've already in part looked at this. We've already established this. Remember the text out of Hebrews 1 that I shared with you, that the Father created the world through His Son. Again, that's Hebrews 1 verse 2. But now, this is exactly what John is saying here. You can't deny it. God the Father created, and yet He created through His Son. Jesus, again, the agent that God the Father used to create. But with that said, there is a point here, and that is all things... What does it say? All things, everything made at the creation in Genesis 1 was made by Him. That's what it says. Who is that? That is Jesus. Everything that exists, He made. That's what's being said here. And so then understand this, but what that then tells us is Jesus was not made. He was not made. If everything came from Him, that means He already existed in order to make everything, right? Yes. 
And I want you to hear this, but since Jesus made everything, that means that nothing could have made Him. Understand, but there is not a Creator that makes the Creator. The Creator makes the created. The Creator always is and has been. By the way, let me bring this out. But remember that in Scripture, God at times refers to Himself as I Am. For example, when Moses asked God, okay, what is your name, God? God said, I am who I am. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. Jesus also, on more than one occasion, referred to Himself as I am. Now, that, again, is a name that God uses for Himself to state an eternal state. And you ask, well, what do you mean? How is it that this name I am refers to an eternal state? I want you to understand this. Those two words, I, I, those two words, I am, they're in the present tense. Present tense speaks of an always continuous state. We've learned that as a church over the years, haven't we? If it's present tense, that means it's continuous action. It's always been. It's God's way of saying, my name is, I have always been. God is eternal. Jesus said, His name is I am. John chapter 8, verse 58. Therefore, He is saying, I have always been. But then just moving on. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 6 about all this. When he writes, Paul writes, Yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Again, the Father creating through the Son, and through the Son, Paul says, are all things and through whom we exist. That is what the Apostle Paul had to say about it. Then, go back to the text. John, when speaking of Jesus, John, proving the deity of Jesus, again writes, What? All things were made through Him at the creation. All things made through Him. Again, since Jesus made everything, then that means that nothing made Him. Therefore, Jesus is what? He is self-existent. Therefore, Jesus is what? He is God. He's God. By the way, and I brought this out last Sunday, but this is really when we start bringing stuff up like this, this is getting into territory that we cannot comprehend. We cannot wrap our minds around something or someone always existing. You, you can't grasp it. Something never being created? I don't understand that. I can't verbalize really what that looks like. It's just way too big. But that's Jesus. He's God. And let me say this to you. If we were ever able to get to the end of God, He's not God anymore. We'll never fully understand or get to the end of God. Ever. But then you move on. Look at verse number 3. Second part of the verse. John again writes, And without Him, Him being Jesus, was not anything made that was made. Now, 
understand this, I find this interesting, but in the Greek text, at this point it's very interesting, but in the Greek text this literally reads, not one thing exists that He didn't make. At creation, Jesus made it all. As God the Father used Jesus, worked through Jesus at creation, Jesus was the agent that made everything. And understand this, but since Jesus made everything, He is the Creator, then that means nothing made Him. He is uncreated. He is self-existent. And understand that only the eternal God is uncreated, and that again is Jesus. But then all this leads us to something else here, and we're just going to continue to walk through this, and I want to show you this. We can actually now expand on what has been said. And we can do that by going to verse number 4. Watch this. In verse number 4, John writes this at the beginning of this verse. He writes, in him was life. Then let's just keep reading. And the life was the light of men. But I want us just right now, let's focus on the first part of that verse. John again writes, verse 4, first part of it. He writes, in him, that's Jesus, in Jesus was life. Now I want you to understand this, but don't you think that the one that creates needs to also be the resource for life. And I want you to hear this, but right here we are just building on the fact that Jesus was preexistent, always existed, not made, but understand this, and that is, no one gave Jesus life. And what I mean is Jesus has always had it. And I want you to get this, but this also means that Jesus then has always been the source of life. The one that has always had life is the source of life. Again, Jesus has always forever had life, the source of life, therefore. Again, the verb tense here, again, is continual. Jesus, always alive. Again, we're getting into that area that's really too big for us. We just got to lay it out on the table and say, there it is. Always alive. Always having life. But now just to take this even further, that word life, let me just bring something out for us here. This is interesting. The word life in the Greek text, it is zoe. It's more than physical life. Zoe really stresses spiritual life. Zoe, more times than not, is speaking of spiritual life. In other words, life that is forever. That's what it is. And so understand this, but not only is Jesus the giver of physical life, and He is, He certainly gave physical life at the creation, but I don't want you to miss this, but Jesus is the one that gives spiritual life. This life that when given, it is forever. And He possesses this. He's the one who has it. And He's the one that dispenses it. He's always had this life. And He gives it away. But remember what Jesus said about Himself. For example, John chapter 14, verse number 6. He said this. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Me. And it is the word in the Greek text that He uses there. That zoe that John uses right here. That word that speaks first and foremost of spiritual life. A life that is eternal. A life that is forever. 
And so just an amazing statement, right? It's a wonderful, wonderful statement that opens up verse 4. But then just to extend this truth that Jesus is self-existent, that is what this is doing. And this speaks of life, that life has always been with him. But then you just continue. Let's continue to look at verse number four. Let's break it down. Verse number four, John goes on to say, in him was life. And then look at the rest of the verse. And the life was the light of men. Now, let me just say to you, this is exciting. It really is. I don't want you to miss this. But you see at the end of the verse, John goes on to say, this life that Jesus has always had, this zoe, this spiritual life, this life that is forever, John says it this way, was the light of men. The light of men. Now you ask the question, what does that mean? The life was the light of men. What is that? This is how you need to see it. But both the word life and the word light are words that refer to our Lord, Jesus, right there. Jesus, not only the life, but Jesus is also the light. John chapter 8, verse number 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And now with that said, this is what is being said here by John, and that is, and listen closely, don't miss this, but John right here is simply saying, when Jesus, the one that is life, came into this world at his incarnation, he was like a light that came into the darkness. And when he came into this world, this dark, sinful world, all of a sudden, sinful man saw the one that is eternal life. And it was like a light switch went on. And the spiritually blind were now able to see. Able to see that Jesus is the giver of life. This one that has always had life. Yes. That's what John's saying in verse 4. Man was now able to see this truth like never before. As God in the flesh stood right there in the midst of man, right in the middle of this world, out there for all to see. What a wonderful statement this is. But now you keep on reading. Look at verse number 5. John writes this. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. Stop right there for a moment. The light shines in the darkness. Again, John, or let me say it this way. Jesus, He came into this world. Again, Jesus, the light shining in this dark, sinful world, revealing sinful man's need for Jesus. That is what John says here. But now you go back to verse number 5. Let's look at the rest of it. Close it out. Watch this. But again, verse 5, John writes, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Let me say that as you look at the end of this verse, some translations at this point, the word that is used at the end of the verse is the word comprehend, not the word overcome. Let me just say as I stand before you, I am prone to say that the better translation is the word overcome. Overcome. I believe it gives gives us a better understanding of the text. So let me do this. John says that the world, the darkness, the sinful world, Satan, the ruler of this sinful world, has not overcome it. That's what he says here. And you ask, well, what is the word it referring to? It is referring to the light of Jesus or Jesus himself. By the way, the word overcome, and let me just throw this at you here real quick. You ask the question, what does the word overcome mean? The word means to pounce on. 
The word means to overpower. The word means to overtake. It is katalambano in the Greek, and that is what it means. And what John is saying at this point is, the one that through whom all things were made, the one that has pre-existed the creation, the one that has existed with God, in the Godhead is the Son, the one that is self-existing, always been, not made, the one that has always had life, this one, Jesus, has never been and never will be overpowered by the evil one. This evil one, Satan. This one by the name of Lucifer, the devil, and any of his demons. And as hard as they try, they will never, ever overpower, overtake our Lord. Is that a glorious statement of truth? It is, isn't it? Now let me say that even though we have this statement here in Scripture, that does not mean that the devil has not tried to overcome our Lord. Quickly, let me just run through some things. Satan tried to kill Jesus when Jesus was just a child in his incarnate state. As Satan set it in the heart of Herod to kill all the babies in a certain region around Bethlehem who were two years old and younger, all the baby boys. Satan tried to have Jesus violate God's word by tempting Jesus in the wilderness. Satan was constantly throwing his demons at Jesus, constantly having demons confront Jesus as these demons would infiltrate the bodies of people. In the garden during the night of the betrayal of Jesus with the cross looming the next day, Satan tried to have Jesus turn from the will of God the Father and turn from the cross. Satan definitely took his shots at Jesus. He did. But then at the end of that evening, and listen to this, I find this very interesting. But at the end of that evening in the garden, as Jesus was arrested, our Lord said to those that were there to see him killed, he says, and here are his words in Luke chapter 22, verse number 53, Jesus said, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. Now, in other words, Jesus was saying, so this is when Satan and his demons are going to throw everything they got at me. This is all they got. This is the hour. This is the power of darkness. And yet, even in that hour, even in that hour, even in that power of darkness, Satan did not overcome our Lord. He did not. Not even death on a cross. For it was three days later, what? That the tomb was empty. Jesus had risen. And the prince of this world thought he had Jesus thought he had defeated him. No. The devil thought that death had gotten a hold of Jesus. And yet Jesus did what? He rose from the grave. Rose from the grave. I want you to listen to me. Never been a time, never will be a time, that darkness overcomes the light. John says in verse number 5, the light shines in the darkness. You see that, right? The light shines in the darkness. Light always wins over darkness. Have you ever noticed that? It does. No matter how dark it may get, just the smallest of light will pierce the darkness. It will every time. Light a match in a dark room and the darkness is what? Split open. Light always overpowers darkness. And it's true with Jesus. Nothing that Satan can do to extinguish the life of Jesus. Nothing Satan can do to extinguish the life that gives life to you and to me when we come to faith 
in Jesus. And the reason there's nothing that Satan can do is because Jesus is God. So Jesus made all things, which means that nothing made Jesus, which means he's always been, which means he's God. Also, he is life. He's the giver of life. In him, life has always existed, which then means again that Jesus is God. Absolutely amazing. But never forget that Jesus is God. And we are to rejoice in that, rejoicing in the fact that since Jesus is God, all God and all man, that means that he could save us, that he could go to the cross and he could die for your sins and die for mine. And he could do that because being God, he had no sins of his own to die for. Therefore, once again, he could die for yours. He goes to the grave, then he rises up. He could do that because he was and is God. God right there defeating death and defeating sin. And as a result of that, Jesus, the one that is life, the one that is God, will give anyone that comes to him by faith life, eternal life, and we praise him for it. But just a wonderful truth, and there is more to look at as we continue to walk through this prologue of the Gospel of John. And we'll do that when we come back together the next time. And we look forward to that as we spend time in God's Word.